1: This is Aaron Langford with Seven Year Witch. You're listening to Jay Scott with The Hook Rocks.
2: Everybody. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks. I'm your host, Jay Scott, taking you on another journey. And, uh, man, it has been a whirlwind month, two months so far in uh, 2021. We started the year off with our great year-end celebration of 2021, where we ranked our top 30 albums and EPs. We had some contributions. We did two parts, almost six hours of discussion, and 160 albums Uh during the discussion, it was absolutely amazing. Everybody loved, us. Everybody loved it. So if you're a music nerd or geek, go check it out. And if you're looking for new music, that's the place to start right there. We also interviewed Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy. Uh, great interview with him. Some great new music spotlights with Joyous Wolf, Georgia Thunderbolts, The Warning. We also just interviewed a band called Gold Thread. Great band. that reminds me a bit of Band of Horses. So they're really good. They're actually from Ohio, too, up in the uh, Cleveland area. So uh, they just released their EP last year. So check out those episodes as well as our live album review where we discuss Rockin' the Fillmore, the great live album by Humble Pie, the basic catalyst for all the great 70s live albums. So check out that discussion. I know Peter Frampton really enjoyed it. He gave us a retweet and a share on social media. So that was nice of him. And uh, don't forget, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Some of my friends that are on there that I've had on the show, like Mistress Carey in Boston, Tom and Zeus from the number one rated Kiss podcast, Shout Out Loudcast, Vinny Apice, Carmen Peace, and Ron Anesti on the Hanging and Banging podcast, as well as Baco from Cobras and Fire, and the rock historian Martin Popoff. Check them out at PantheonPodcast.com. Follow them on social media, on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as Facebook. Follow The Hook Rocks wherever you podcast on every podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter, at The Hook Rocks, as well as Facebook. Write us a review. Tell us uh, what you think of the show. And uh, don't forget to set your app for automatic downloads so you get the latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast right to your phone. Makes your commute so much more enjoyable when you're heading home from work. And we've got another long-anticipated new music spotlight. Uh, with one of my favorite emerging rock bands over the past four years. I think I told this story when I first interviewed them where I had my YouTube running on my computer and the algorithm popped up. I think it was listening to La Chinga, which is a great band out of, of uh, Canada. And uh, the next song was when they were called back then, Black Coffee. And now they're called South of Eden. And I'd like to welcome back Ehab Amran, the singer. Talk about lots, lots of things like what the hell they've been doing since they released the EP. So we're gonna get into it, man. What's going on,
1: dude? What's up, man? So good to see you. So good to talk to you again. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely, I know
2: there are at least God three dozen people who've been like wondering about this interview that we're doing and can't <laughs> wait to hear it. So, awesome. um, uh, lots of people are are were really taken by you guys. You know, obviously when you did the black coffee album which i am one of the lucky few to have and own and uh the south of eden ep the talk that you released last year and uh just been waiting and what's been happening with you guys over the past year you're a little over a year
1: yeah man well um you know uh it's been yeah a little over a year now since we've released um the first ep and since then man we've it's been relentless writing and just constantly uh, being inspired. It seemed like the, the way the world has been or was, it feels like we're kind of coming out of it. Um, it seemed like it was a good time to kind of listen, and uh, see what's going on around us. And we were able to absorb, I feel like, a lot of it and uh, came out with some really, really great songs that we were super excited with. And, you know, we toured a little bit in 2021, which was awesome. We were able to do uh, two different legs for about three weeks or so. Um, which was great, did some one-off shows, you know local shows, all that fun stuff, but really man, we've just been in a studio uh, recording, recording, recording. we have so many songs finished and ready to go and uh, our motto for this year is we're gonna release more songs this year than we've ever done collectively between the two bands. so it's gonna be a it's gonna be an awesome year for new music, new rock and roll for us.
2: It's great. I know when uh, you know, we last left at the EP what had just come out and uh, you guys were really excited about that. There were also plans to release an album shortly after the new year. What was that? What, what was the lay on that? And, and why didn't that happen? Was that a conscious decision for you guys to, to delay it because of what was happening?
1: Yeah, it really felt like there wasn't any, it felt like every time we would get a footing, the ground would start to shift Mm-hmm. You know, so we didn't we didn't want to pull the rug out from under ourselves. Um, we knew how valuable these songs were to us, and how much you know they meant to us. And we would we we just thought you know it's so hard already to break a rock band um, in a, in a normal touring era, let alone when you can't tour at all. That's kind of that's kind of where um, you know you, you get most of your publicities by touring and and uh, getting out on the road and seeing the fans and connecting and making those connections. But um, we really felt like um it would have been it what we ended up doing was doing the acoustic ep um of a few of those uh songs acoustically and then we did the show me how to live cover so we used that to kind of anchor us um past the spring of 2021 and then we were hoping okay maybe you know in the fall time we'll be able to do the full album and it just you know I you know the new variant came out and and so forth so we we just felt like um we're in a lucky position I think because we are still an emerging band so I almost felt like putting a pause on the publicity side of things and the releasing side of things and really taking the time for the four of us to just sit there and write songs write songs write songs practice and really make what you know this live show this year is going to be phenomenal it's going to be just one of those things where it's you know, right now, the way we're playing with, with each other, it's just, it's like bread and butter. It's, it seems like we're feeding off each other's energy. The writing has been better than ever. And, um, yeah, it, it just really felt like it was the better decision to wait. And coming out of it now, releasing Lone Riders as our first single, I think I think it was the right choice. Um, we hate to keep fans waiting, you know, because I, 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 I'm so excited to release these songs. And Lone Riders is just a warm-up, you know. <laughs> that was just the, hey, we're still here, Um so I'm I'm really pumped for people to hear uh what's going on this year and uh how we plan to release these songs.
2: Yeah, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, when I think back of pre-pandemic and I think of now, rock is in a such different place, a better place than it was 2018, 2019, there was talk of you know, is rock dead, which we all know it'll never die. But I think people were referring to the relevancy of rock music and the fact that it really had taken a back seat. I think it's still in the back seat, but I think it's inching closer to connecting with the youth and getting into that driver's seat that it once owned for decades. Um, I think that when you look at all the emerging bands that are out there, whether it's bands in the U S or bands in the UK, um, it's really becoming a force to be reckoned with, and it's really starting to connect with the youth. Uh, I've had this conversation with my son that I've talked about many times on this show that, you know, his view is is a lot of people change. A lot of people found themselves during the pandemic. A lot of people may have gone in listening to pop music and rap music. And after sitting at home and doing e-learning day in and day out, they needed some angst. They needed something that kind of thrived with their anger at the situation and rock and roll has always been there to do that for, for young kids and for young people in junior high and high school. So I think, you know, out of something bad, something good always happens. And I think if you look at the positives of where rock is moving, a lot of it has to do with those kids sitting at home, you know. I don't want to listen to rap for the tenth day in a row, or I don't want to listen to pop music for the fifteenth day in a row. What else is out there? What's this kid listening to, Dirty Honey? What's this kid listening to? You know, the Struts or whatever they're whatever they're at or wherever they're listening to. And uh, I still remember that moment when you guys were gonna release uh, Dancing with Fire, and my son and his friends were all on Snapchat waiting for it to be released at midnight. <laughs> and it was, like, the coolest thing. They were all, like, talking to each other. And then, like, they just started all playing the song at the same time. And uh, I, I felt that's what we need. That was the equivalent to when I was a kid standing outside the record store waiting for an album to – waiting for them to open the doors up to release an album. And I thought, man, something's happening here that that is good.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think you're definitely – hundred percent right in everything you said and I think the important thing is that the last thing you said is probably the most important is that you have to you we, we have to understand that it's so different now um, it's not ever gonna be the same again it's only going to continue to change and be stranger you know to to us and so when you when you see kids waiting on snapchat or Instagram or whatever whatever it is for a rock song to come out I mean like that's incredible to me. That's that's absolutely phenomenal especially because we're not playing um we're not playing pop rock, you know, we're not by any means playing a song that is ever meant to see the radio. You know, like that's not at all what we do. What we do is we turn our guitars up as loud as they go and then I see if I can sing any louder than that and we write a song. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what we do and I love what you said about, you know, needing angst and needing a different kind of genre. Cause I think that I think rap and um, the mainstream pop is really great. We're talking about very specific genre of music here. Um, it's very, very good at hyping up. It's very good at making you feel um, anger. It's really good at making you feel, you know, like stick it to the man. I think there's a lot of stick it to the man and that kind of stuff, which is what rock and roll is about. But I think you have to you have to sway like if you want something that's maybe more in your feels you're gonna to go to R&B if you want something that's you know just do you want to dance to something put on some reggae or or some you know salsa or whatever it may be but when you want to just break your neck headbanging and you want to like hear someone say a lyric from the bottom of their soul you know that's what rock and roll is that's really really what it is like, I, and I immediately think of Chris Cornell rest in peace like that's like the first person I always think of is like Man, the way he would scream his heart out into a beautiful note on a word that meant, you know, the weight of the earth. It felt like it was just, oh, my God, it's just so deep, it's so fulfilling. So it's, it's awesome to see that you're right. A lot of the youth is responding to this. And um, the best thing I think to do when faced with a situation, good or bad, is to wait, you know, and just say, well, you know, let's see what happens you know, so COVID happens. It's this huge pandemic. It looks like music's over and holy shit it all sucks. And you just wait, you know, we'll see. And now here it is. All these kids are happy and so, you know, new to the experience of rock and roll that they don't even know what it is. And they're just like, guys, like this, this is incredible. Like, we don't know, you know, let's just check this out. And they get something fresh. They get something new. And uh, that's, that's what we're trying to do.
2: And I also think too, the youth really can sense authenticity. Um, I, I think, The emerging bands are reminiscent of the bands in the you know early 80s and and 70s of that authentic feel you know because i think for a band to come out of a pandemic and and let's face it you know new new rock bands new emerging bands it was a struggle probably you know it wasn't a walk in a park you know it was it was a lot of you know, difficult times during that, because, you know, when you're not touring, you're not bringing in revenue and it's tough to do. But I think young kids can sense that all these bands are are playing the music because they love it and they, and it's, and it's their heart and soul that they're giving out. And I think that really connects with, with kids after they've seen these pop music videos or they hear these auto tune, you know, songs or, you know, the, whatever, the same thing over and over again, and when there's something comes out where someone is young, like yourselves in South of Eden and other bands, you know, I think that that connects with them. Like, hey, what are these guys doing? Why, why are they get up there and, and screaming and playing on these guitars? And what am I missing out on? You know, there's always that question. And then they start to search and start to seek out like what it is about. And you have bands like South of Eden. You've got bands like Joyous Wolf. You've got bands like you know these, you know that uh, are all young and they're all emerging and they're all really, really good bands. You know, I mean, there's no, you know, it's 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 all killer, no filler, basically. Uh, yeah,
1: like show me a show me a uh, show me a any other genre because that's the thing I'm, I'm not trying we're not shitting on any other genres here we're just specifically saying why rock and roll is the best and i think we, sh- we should make that clear but show me another genre where the singer is doing half of what like nick reese does from joyous wolf on a fucking page you know like there's isn't no one else is doing that. that's a rock and roll inspired because it fuels him that's what's making him do that you know what i mean like the way the way that freaking josh from Greta sings it's because it's because of that incredible seventies influence and it fuels him to do what he does. And that's it. Same with our band. like that's that's how I feel. I feel the way that Justin plays a guitar, or Tommy plays the drums and Nick slaps on the bass. Like It fuels me to, you know, seek out either that anger, the rage, the uh, anxiety, the tenderness of, you know, a song like morning brew, like whatever it may be. It's, it's just, it's incredible. And it's rock and roll. That's really what it is.
2: Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I took, I take my son to a lot of shows and I took him to see the struts and Nick Perry. And, you know, we walked out and he's like, dad, the struts are like incredible. He's like that guy, Luke Spiller. He's like, he had he incredible had the crowd. In the palm him.
1: Yeah. Such a good singer, man. Such a good yeah. singer. And just in your face performer. Like that's just, that's what we want. That's what we need. And that's what we love. And it's just, he's oozing talent. Like these, these people, that you're mentioning all every single one of these bands uh dirty honey joyce wolf greater man fleet the struts rival sons i mean georgia thunderbolts you mentioned them too those and that dude that dude can sing like it's just awesome it's so cool to see these bands and to be inspired by young guys you know what i mean it's like holy crap like these guys are my age you know or, or just maybe a couple years older than me doing exactly what what we're doing and we didn't. We've never heard of each other before. It's just like, holy crap! You guys are on the other side of the country doing the same thing. It's so cool.
2: Yeah, no, and it's also fun for me. Someone who's older who ex- who experienced the '80s and, and the '90s, um, and then rock really became kind of like a parody of itself almost. You know, for for a while, you know, there were bands coming out that I didn't connect with at all just because it didn't seem authentic. It seemed like you know a studio put together the band and. This is what it was going to be. And then all of a sudden, uh, these, you know, young bands like yourselves, you know, with this energy that reminded me of that music that I loved and it reminded me of that authenticity, you know, where I've always said for a long time that, you know, when the rock had that lull and, and bands really connecting with me, maybe they connected with other people, but, you know, I felt like they didn't really know their instruments and like, they, like they do now, like, like, the young bands such as yourselves the, you guys are musicians right i mean you guys really know the instruments just like in the 80s and the 70s too and i felt that was missing for a while um early 90s too i'll even include that too as well with like you know the introduce uh, introduction of the grunge era but it's nice to see that and then like when you go see the young bands perform and they have that energy too as well and every time I go to a show, there's more and more kids there. There's more and more young kids, my, my son's age. And that's a good sign. And you know, my son goes, well, when do you, when do you think rock will be back? I go, rock will be back when the girls in your high school want to go see the bands. So that's the key. <laughs> when the girls start showing up, then it's going to blow up. Yeah. You know? Cause then the boys follow.
1: Exactly. Yep. And that's, you know, I, I think, I think that's, that's a funny point. And I think it's, I think it's definitely true. Um, I think that, um, it shows a lot of acceptance in the culture and and, and in the society, which is, you know, and it's not like we're sitting here writing songs because we want that acceptance, but yeah, that's
2: another thing too. Like your songwriting for a lot of these bands is so great. And it's like, you're not going to be on the radio, right? You're not trying to write radio hits, but you're writing good stuff, man. You know, I, I, I feel as though,
1: I feel as though, the radio is it's so relevant in so many ways. Like I, I I respect it. I respect it. I respect everyone in that business, but like, it's just, uh, I can't remember the last time I turned on my radio, you know, I'm 24 years old. Like my sister, she's 16. She's never F. She couldn't tell you what a local station. She's, you know, 97.9. It's like the big pop station, but she's never listens to that. You just plug your phone in your Bluetooth, whatever it is. Like, Cars don't have CD players anymore. They won't have radios soon. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's irrelevant. And, and it's, and it's not, you know, it's almost a good thing to me because it doesn't matter. I can release one song that's eight minutes long. And then a, a week later, I can release a song that's four minutes long. And then, you know, whatever it may be, just uh, however we wrote it and people will consume it slowly or they'll consume it quickly. Like it just depends on how the ADD is feeling on that day. You know, it's just, it's, it's an incredible time. To, to live in and it can feel it can feel like it's suppressing you if you're somebody that's trying to be raw and original authentic and you're not trying to use all of the smoke and mirror stuff that people are using um it can feel like it's challenging but really if you see that stuff as more colors um on on your paintbrush then it's not as it's not as scary it feels more like oh okay you can actually be artistic with this stuff you can you can use it to to enhance certain things you can use it to make yourself more unique but at the end of the day stay true to yourself like just write a good song and be able to do that live like that's that's all that matters
2: yeah i I had a conversation with blake uh from joyous wolf and he he said something probably one of the best quotes i've heard he's like i don't really worry about you know whether or not rock is relevant if we write good music if it's good people will find it And that is true. I I a hundred percent believe in that, you know? And I also think too, uh, the sense of community that there is with a lot of the young bands too, like the support that you guys have for each other is, is really cool too, as well. You know, I I do think that there's, there's like this family mentality.
1: I think, I think there is, I think that, um, I think the general consensus is that let's keep, let's just first of all i love what you just blake's quote is incredible um and i think we're all on the same page of like yo like we're all keeping rock alive like that's what we're doing you know even if none of us make it to the you know mainstream or whatever you want to call it like we're all still doing it and and there are dicks you know like there's there are dicks don't get me wrong there are people that are ego you know centric and you're kind of confused by it but I think that those people weed themselves out. You know what I mean? It's just, it just becomes one of those things where you're like, dude, no, nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares that you, that you think you're some hot shit. Like no one cares. So, um, I, I'm glad that there's a very Seattle vibe about yeah, uh, yeah. the way that this is coming about.
2: You guys, uh, have something interesting on your Facebook page. I believe it says, you know, 100% independent or all independent band. Um, I know when we last spoke, you guys had the record deal. Um, mm. Is that still active, or is that no longer? No, yeah that that ended. Was that on a on a positive note, or was you know was it the age old rock and roll story that uh, sometimes people have to go through?
1: Um, I think that it was an incredibly positive note. I think that it was. Um, I think that if it would have kept going, if we were, if the pandemic wouldn't have happened, I think it would have actually maybe made history as one of the craziest record deals of all time, because, you know, all, all things put aside, it's, it was a absurd deal. It was a, a deal that hadn't been written in, you know, tens of years. And our, many lawyers said that several different record executives said that, and they did us, Right by every turn, and nobody could have suspected um what was to come and because we were able to negotiate the way we were we were um, you know without getting into any details we we were totally safe by every means, and we refused to sign anything that was even kind of not that way, and that was back in you know twenty nineteen so yeah. we you know, that was, it was like, it was like three or four months of paperwork and negotiations and back and forth because it was like, Hey, like we don't need this. You know, we we've heard the stories that like, we don't need this. Um, but they were genuinely great people, amazing staff, incredible CEO. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about them. Um, we left on an incredibly positive note. Um, and yeah, it, it was unfortunate, but it just, it felt like, neither of us could do anything for the other at the moment. Um, they were tied to the bigger, you know, universal overseas Republican lava. And so they were tied to whatever they wanted to do and whatever their narrative was. And it was as simple as like, hey, like, we're an emerging rock band that needs, you know, a lot of time and needs a lot of push. And I, we, we just, at the end of the day, can't be, waiting, you know, for something, waiting for something to happen um, where we want to be doing certain things. So it, it was very amicable and um, we were, we were honestly very glad and the, the door's always open, which is great. So um, I think, you know, looking at it as, you know, there's always path A, path B, path A is get signed again. Path B is stay independent. Um, they're, they're both completely open paths and if you want to go path A, it's build leverage and make yourself into something and then go for another deal, which would be more lucrative because you have more leverage and so forth. Or you use your own leverage to really promote yourself in a right way, in a strategic way, and you could stay independent. So it just depends. you know. It depends. They helped us out a lot. They gave us a great head start. And uh, we were very, very lucky. Like I said, very, very, very lucky to get the deal that we got in the first place. So. I'm glad that we were able to come out of this free
2: <laughs> Yeah. Were you able to keep the music that you made with them? That was going to be on that album. Cause yeah. I know sometimes people get in that situation where that music is no longer theirs.
1: Yeah, no, we, we luckily were able to sort everything out. Um, and like I said, in the original deal, all of that had already been addressed. It was, it was very, very, uh, lucrative and very much sided towards us. Um, mm-hmm. So we were again very lucky to to be able to sort all that out and be able to keep that.
2: Yeah, because I've heard lots of stories with young bands that were on a, a record label. The record label never the record never sees a light light of day, and all of a sudden, you know, they're back to square one and they can't get back that music that they recorded. You know, with that and that and that can be, you know, when you lose that creativity, that hard work, that could be really frustrating. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it worked out for you guys. And, you know, it is a different period of, of music than what the norm is. It's been that way for a long time, probably for a decade and a half, maybe longer, where, you know, chasing the record deal isn't what it is, right? It isn't what it always meant years ago. Um, I do think that, you know, being independent is, is, in my opinion, the best route for a rock and roll band. Uh, I look at dirty honey as an example, dirty honey has been able to do what every young rock band wants to do in terms of exposure in terms of getting on a big tour, like they did with the black pros and they're independent, though. They don't have a record deal. Um, they've got yes. a small team around them. That's very loyal to their cause and what they want to do. And, you know, I had a chance to ask John Notto about, you know, will they ever sign a record deal? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, yeah. That makes sense and that's a great position to be in for a young band you know? I
1: completely agree I completely agree and and what from my understanding very early on they were part of a small indie label right and the that it was actually I, I I only heard about this because of the way that stuff ended with us and it was like Oh, well, you know, Dirty Honey almost did the same thing. They were on a very small independent thing. They released a few songs, got off of it, went independent, released their stuff and so forth. And it was just like, well, cool. Like, I, I again, I had no no worries, but it, it really felt like, man, they're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're kicking ass. Like, we were never looking for a record deal in the first place, you know? So when it was... It, we were at a point where like, Hey, like, is there any reason for us to still be on this anymore? We're looking at each other. Like, I don't think so. Like what, like, what's it, what are the pros? What are the cons? Well, there's not really any cons, but there's not really any pros. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't feel like we were gaining. It didn't feel like we were losing. We were staying stagnant, which the whole world was stagnant. I understand that. But um, I guess we just, we just wanted to just get going and we decided we you know, hey, we have this cash, we have this ability from the tours that we did and everything that we can just go in right now and record all this stuff, not have to do any record, anything, you know, not do any of this, and we can just opt out of all this and record our music and we get to keep our songs, and everything will be yeah. fine, so you know it's like like I said, incredible human beings that work there, so so cool every every single person from the top to the bottom um if it would have worked out, that would have been so cool it was so cool i think it would have been something that was um talked about for a long time because it was very very artist friendly which never happens ever and it's not not that it i'm not saying it doesn't happen often i'm saying it never happens like it just doesn't fucking happen most artists you see the deal comes up hey eighty thousand dollar advance you get it in three payments and first payments before the record's done then when the record's finished, then when it gets released, there's your three payments. All you have to do is sign this thing. We own you for the next five records, and we have a ten-year sunset clause. You, bullshit. Blah 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 blah. Like that's it wasn't it, it. didn't even start that way. You know what I mean? It started so awesome. That's why we looked in the first place, and we had we were lucky enough to have multiple labels um, looking at us at the same time. So at the end of the day, you know, we're an independent band now. And I'll, I like what John said, so I'll leave it at that. Like, the only reason we'd sign a deal again is if it made sense. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of fun to just be back to what we were doing as Black Coffee. It's just, it's just so creative. It, it, it didn't feel like, you know, oh, the momentum is gone. Oh, this, you know, The songs aren't, you know, there's, it doesn't make sense to release these songs now because it's been too long or whatever it may be. It was like, dude, let's just go in the studio. Let's write as many songs as we can and just start releasing our own produced uh, songs. We have this guy named Jacob Mooney here. He's like 28 years old, and he's just a little wizard with a keyboard, you know. And uh, he and I produced all these songs, and he, um, he's been incredible. And the band's been incredible with writing, helping write the songs. And, yeah, man, it's been an awesome experience. It's a, it's a, very, um, it's a very inspiring time, and we're so, so fortunate to be in that position.
2: When you think of the music that you had made, um, you know, prior to the EP being released and obviously preparing for the album um, that the material was done, how do you stay, you know, connected to music that was recorded a couple years ago um, and, and as you're creating now um, and writing music now, obviously, you know, I... a creative person is always about what they're, what they're creating at the moment. How do you stay connected with something that was recorded, hasn't been released yet. um, And you also have new material too, that you're excited about.
1: Yeah. I think that um, the advantage of what we do is that we, we don't write one song at a time in order to record that song for this album or that album. It's not specific. It's, hey man, I have these four song ideas and we should just use the band practice today to write all four of them. And all it does is you take this acoustic guitar that I have next to me and I have this little riff and this melody and I give that to Justin and Justin plugs into an electric guitar and makes it huge. And Tommy, that drum set, that sound, his ability to make a song groove, it everything comes together so quickly that you have, oh, here's four songs. Oh, here's another two songs. Here's another, and then I take them home and I'm, I'm sitting right now in my little, uh, at home studios, you know, a couple of speakers and interface. But, um, you know, I, I sit here and I write up melodies and harmonies and, and cool. Okay. That song, here's six songs. Great. Oh, Justin has two riffs. Oh, okay. Let's write this. So we end up with like 25 songs that are just sitting here in this batch and they just revolve around and we put them in the live show, take them out of the live show. So by the time we get to the studio, it's like holy crap! What should we record? There's all these songs, and which which bridge idea are we gonna use? Are we gonna do the solo section like this, like we did in, in Kentucky, or we're we gonna do it like this, like we did in Indiana? We're, we're almost a jam band that writes catchy choruses. You know, it's kind of like what, what we do. But um, to answer your question, the, we're, I think I think it's gonna stay true and it's gonna all merge together really really cohesively because of the fact that these songs are written in very big batches they're written when we're inspired all at the same time and when we get inspired again we use old riffs and take ideas and reshape them and and redo them um I, you know my dream is like you click on one of our albums and every song feels like it's a different type of band but all rock and roll still element but almost like you know yeah you like an Aerosmith influence you got a Chili Pepper influence you've got a Soundgarden influence and you just take people on this journey um, because the four of us all write so differently, you know?
2: Well, I felt that way about the EP too, as well. You know, dancing with fire was, was, it had a high energy Van Halen vibe to it, you mm-hmm. know? And then there were elements of Lenny Kravitz on the EP and there were elements of red hot chili peppers as well. So it was a nice mash of different influences and different styles. Um, as far as Lone Riders goes, is that something that was recently created or, or new versus what you guys may have done like a year or two ago?
1: Yeah, that one that one was done um in the batch of twelve that we just did. Um so it's <clears throat> it was the song that I can't remember what number song, like an order or whatever, but <clears throat> it was just it was the song that to me felt like It was a great, hey, we're still here song. Um, It was a, it's completely, you know, a a look into our lives, really. Um, It felt reminiscent of the recent departure from the label. It felt um, right for the time. So we wanted the music video to look that way as well. But yes, so that's, that's uh, the first of many uh, of the new songs that were just created.
2: And when can people expect more? music what's this year gonna look like for you guys um in terms of music and touring when are you gonna get to Chicago for crying out loud too I
1: know man we still haven't played a show in Chicago and people have been driving us nuts yes Chicago is actually our number one streaming my son tells
2: me that like all the time
1: (laughs) yeah for black coffee and for south of Eden yeah so we we definitely get over there um yeah the, the touring aspect, things are in the books right now. Um, nothing's nothing's official, but we have a lot of uh, cool opportunities that we're looking at. We're always looking at other opportunities and just seeing what the best route to take is. Um, in terms of music, the plan is about a song every month, so um, it's going to be really cool. The, it's 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 looking like it's going to be three EPs of just great rock and roll this year. Uh, so be ready. <laughs>
2: That's great. Are they going to be, be physical copies or just digital?
1: Um, I, you know, you can hear it here. If you've listened this far, you you deserve to know this. Uh, the, the, um, physical copy, I think is going to be the vinyl of all three put together. It just kind of depends on how many minutes you can put on a vinyl and all that kind of stuff. So it might have to be a double, but, um, there will be physical copies. It's just, about which ep is going to be the physical copy and is it going to be emerged you know that kind of stuff is still uh being finalized before the order goes in but yes there will be some kind of physical copy eventually (laughs) Uh,
2: i I will tell you because i i collect vinyl i also collect cds um you know when you mentioned that cds are no longer in cars anymore two years ago i was buying a new vehicle and i was going to buy a brand new car and I'm test driving it and the guy, you know, the, the sales guy's in there and I'm like, where's the CD player? It's like, oh, they don't have them anymore. And I'm like, I turned around and went back to the dealership and I go, what's the newest model that you have with a CD player? He's like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got like, an, ex- I've got thousands of CDs. I'm like,
1: you don't understand who you're talking to right yeah.
2: now. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, instead of buying a brand new 2020, I bought a 2017 with a CD player in it. That's you know? incredible. And he's like, Are you serious? You want to buy this? I'm like, Yeah. I'm like, That's that CD player is, is probably, you know, worth more to me than what the car can actually do. That's so, so cool. I like to ride around in a car and listen to music, you know, and, and that, me you too. know,
1: that's yeah. my favorite thing.
2: Yeah. That's my favorite thing cruising and just
1: listening to music. And I'm usually smoking and it's just a, mm-hmm. a good old time.
2: So, as I was going to say though, if you want to do limited runs of CDs for your just tell that your shows only, I know many of us would go to the shows just so we could purchase the CD and, of course, see a great band. Uh, well, I really appreciate
1: that. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that honestly, the fans deserve um, everything that we can give them because they. I, I just, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the support that we get. It's crazy the way you know people talk about us and the way they comment about us. It's um, it's it's very humbling, and I'm just excited to get on the road and just show everybody. Uh show everybody why they love us.
2: My son is very proud of the fact that Chicago is your number one, you know, stream city. He's like how old is your son? He just turned 17. So That's awesome. Yeah. His um his first concert I took him to see was Butch Walker um, <laughs> in Kentucky <laughs> nice. when he was five. And then uh yeah, i am taking I'm taking to see Maiden. What's that? That's sick. Yeah, he got to meet him too after the show. Yeah, there's and, a picture there's a picture of my my son when he was five with Butch Walker backstage. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. And he he saw Maiden as well. Saw so Maiden, Metallica. I mean, you know, he met Joyous Wolf this past summer. He met um gosh, I mean, he's, you know, he goes to a lot of shows. I mean, I kind of I remember when he got in the car when he was young, he was like 4. And uh he starts singing Lady Gaga and I turn and I go, Hey, what are you singing, man? He was like, Lady Gaga, poker face. I'm like, I need to change that. I need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to bring you down the path of rock and roll. And then, uh, but yeah, he's, he's um, yeah, he loves live music. He uh, loves playing guitar. Um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll sit and try to learn a South of Eden song a goodbye June song, Bishop gun song, you know, he's really I, into all the new, the new rock and roll to me fresh too by lists by, by all these bands he tells me about
1: that's so cool that's that's crazy that your son could show you a new rock band like yeah. could you ever have imagined that situation being a thing that's so cool
2: there was one band um haunted by elephants uh or hunted by elephants in uh, they're a uk band phenomenal band he's like yeah check these guys out and uh um he's like you know they were good who else has he turned me on to um got so many bands yeah he just um him and his friends man just uh just constantly listening to music and checking out new stuff it's great to see that
1: oh cool hunted by elephants
2: yeah shout out that's cool all right we're gonna check him out was what's another one he did he did he told me about black moods was another one yeah, dude, we've played with the Black Mood. Oh, Josh is great. Yeah, yeah, dude. And,
1: yeah, I, I unfortunately like didn't really get to like meet. Is Josh the singer? The yeah, amazing bell bottoms.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know that. At least we didn't meet soberly enough for me to like really retain it. But um, really, really great band. Really, really cool guys. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, that's that's impressive that your son is is so into the to the scene.
2: Yeah, he just he can't get enough of it. He t- he told me about that Instagram video where you guys were stealing Machine Gun Kelly's food.
1: <laughs> no, okay, we didn't steal his food. That's not so. It, it was an interesting, it was an interesting scenario. So basically, what happened was, this is now the second year of festivals where our dress dressing room and Machine Gun Kelly's dressing room are side by side. I mean, touching each other. So, we last you know last year's run on the two festivals we didn't like barely saw him we saw him like walking around a little bit it wasn't nothing crazy so then this year um we <laughs> we were sit we were outside chilling or whatever and he comes out with his group of people and they're playing like volleyball or something and Tommy our drummer is like hitting. The volleyball when it comes over, he's like into it. Tommy goes hard in the paint, you know. He, he's he's always gonna go hard. Tommy goes to hit the volleyball and like he dives for this thing. I mean, he gets it, but his pants split straight down the middle. So he literally just—he was wearing boxers, but basically whole groin, you know, flopping out. It was so freaking funny. And machine, of course, he came over. And he was like dude you just you just your dick's swapping out like you're you just ripped your whole (laughs) pants and we of course we're just like dude like that's that's tommy that's what tommy does he has to grab new pants it wasn't as cool as stealing his food that would have been cool but he was actually really nice he was a really nice guy
2: yeah there was some video that he was telling about he said yeah south of eden was like in machine gun kelly's dressing room like tasting his food and I don't know. I don't know. So maybe maybe I got the message wrong. That's right. amazing. Listen, I mean,
1: I, I wish that's what happened,
2: <laughs> but no, no, it wasn't anything that cool. Well, though, I got to figure out what was it then, because it, it was something with you guys and Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I maybe I remembered wrong. But no. But uh,
1: nonetheless, nonetheless, spread that rumor. We we stole <laughs> it. Too. That, that's
2: great. As far as you guys go with songwriting and music, when you think back since the days of Black Coffee. Where have you guys evolved the most in terms of your music and your in your songwriting?
1: Um, I think the harmonies have gotten a lot better. <laughs> they couldn't have gotten any worse, <laughs> but um I think that we're exploring a lot of um different things. It, it's it's almost hard to do it because we're, we're not like music theory people, you know, it's not like I can sit here and tell you we've decided to take up odd timing. Like it just so happens that now we're comfortable enough playing our instruments and playing together. And we're so good at reading one another that we can write riffs that are in odd timing. Um, and there are certain pushes and pulls now that we're able to do that. I feel like they're so reminiscent of the bands that we love. So being accurate and really meshing more together, gluing it in more together. Like I said, we've been working on the live show. I think that has evolved a lot and made us a much tighter band. Um, And the other thing, too, is we now incorporate. um, I play guitar and acoustic guitar, which I've done in the past, but it's a little bit more prevalent um, now. And there's also the keyboard, which isn't part of the live show um, the first part of this year. But hopefully by the summertime, we'll be running that live. And there's a really cool, uh, completely piano-driven song. Uh, The riff is the piano kind of a thing. Ballad, I guess you could call it, that's coming out um, either on the
2: first or second EP. You played bass originally too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember that in in Black Coffee because I remember the video. Um, Yeah.
1: If it's an instrument, I'm going to play it.
2: (laughs) That's great. So you got a single every month, basically, a little, you know, around uh, every month. You've got tours coming up, festivals you know, is this kind of a reset year for you guys? Is this kind of like, do you feel like this is the, the new beginning or the true beginning of you guys or maybe the the first step in the after the journey's been paused?
1: That's, you know, honestly, I feel like it doesn't feel like a reset as much, although it, it does feel like, you know, we're doing this the right way. We're, you know, on the first steps of this journey, but it almost feels like we're in like a 32-round boxing match and round one was pretty good round two we took a couple punches and now we're sitting here at round three so it's kind of a clean slate we're evened up like there's really nothing pro or con happening and we just we just want to see ourselves go up um just see ourselves stay towards excuse me stay true to ourselves and um just see if there's more people out there that uh understand uh, my lyrics and understand Justin's guitar solos and understand the way that we try to make people feel uh, when we play
2: live. Being independent now, a true independent, is it more excitement or stress?
1: Um, Excitement. I don't feel any stress, to be honest with you. We we feel we've, we've always done the same thing, I suppose. We maybe had more people that would give opinions on stuff or want to help, you know, do certain things, but it just feels like it feels like we're in black coffee again. If it feels like we're just doing our own thing again, and here we go, hey, you know, let's just release Lone Riders and see what it does before we release our next single, which shall not be named. But uh, uh and and we release Lone Riders, and holy crap, like. 10,000 views real quick on the music video on Facebook, you know, in like three days. And I was like, okay, we didn't do anything to this. Like we, we didn't try to boost and, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's just a little bit of promotion, self-promotion, just using our social media. And here we go. Like, awesome. Here we go again. And of course, releasing the drop dead legs cover uh, that we did uh, the Van Halen cover before that, I think was a good move as well. Um, Just a little COVID video
2: kind of a thing. Wonderful cover, by the way, that was, that that was great. You My David
1: I mean. Lee Roth impression.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I thought it was awesome. I mean it's it that's a hard band to cover, right? I mean, it really is. I mean it, it, because not only do you have to play, you know, the, the, the obviously the song correctly, but Van Halen has a spirit that's kind of hard to to get, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard it's it's hard to, to harness that energy that they had.
1: I think the trick is to smile while you record your parts. Because I swear to God, that's like what they were doing the whole time. It just feels like they're all just cheeky, like, ah, like I got you, like kind of a thing. Like Alex Van Halen, man is like, of course, all the props to Eddie rest in peace and props to Justin for, you know, being able to really center himself and dive into that song and be able to really play uh, the way that Eddie, Eddie did it. Of course, nobody will be like Eddie, but um, Alex Van Halen, I just feel like he's a magician. He's, He's a groove man that understands the groove better than anybody. Probably the last person that understood the groove as well as him was Bonham. I mean, dude, the guy just knew how to ebb and flow with his brother in a way that hadn't been created in so long. And I feel like that's a big part of that spirit that you're talking about.
2: Yeah. No, there's so many interesting dynamics about Van Halen. You know, there's the yin yin and the yang with David Lee Roth and Eddie, you know, and, and obviously you have the brothers that, you know, one Alex actually started out as the guitar player and Eddie was the drummer and they uh-huh. switched. Uh, and it's just an interesting. Um, yeah. That, that spirit is so hard to capture when you're covering them. That's why I think a lot of bands don't cover Van Halen because it's just it's difficult.
1: Yeah, man, we've done. So we uh, we've done a lot of cover shows, especially as Black Coffee. But we've done a few as South Eden, uh, where, you know, you're playing a bike biker show and you're playing for four and a half hours. So you got to throw covers in. Uh, And we've done, in terms of Van Halen, we've done Unchained. We've done Beautiful Girls. We've done uh, Running with the Devil. We did Panama. We've done so many of them. Um, I think that the next Van Halen challenge is... um, Oh, man, what's that song called? Crap, crap, crap. It starts out with a sick bass line. I think it's on... um,
2: so this is love?
1: No, no, no. It's a deeper track. It's a, it's a B side. It's
2: uh. Oh, push comes to shove. Yes, push comes to shove. That's when push comes to shove, dude. Well, that's... I know Justin loves that solo,
1: dude. Yeah, man, that thing yeah. is
2: disgusting. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah.
1: So I think that's the that's the plan for the next one. Although I, I you know, just saying, maybe we do a Van Hagar song. Maybe. You know. <laughs>
2: hey man i I like van hagar too i always enjoyed it they were like two different bands you know and bottom line is whether it's sammy or whether it's dave it's still eddie playing guitar
1: that's what i'm saying and and you know i will give it to you and maybe not necessarily you mostly the qfm 96 is the rock station here in in columbus the the host gives me so much shit because he's david lee roth or die like he's like he, he's there's no question it's not a debate like he wanted to talk to you right he's like no 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 shut up so he, he looked at me he was like he's like you're telling me that wham bam amsterdam is is lyrical content compared to anything that david is, is like give me the best sammy hagar line lyrical content wise that you've ever heard and give me the worst david lee roth one there ain't there's no comparison one, com- comparison in that case lyrical content david lee roth all day um, yeah. I think David Lee Roth's worst lyrical content though, is um, I want to be your night in shining pickup truck. What song is that from? It's off of the new record. Um... Tattoo? <laughs> Tat- tattoo. Yeah. I think it's tattoo.
2: Yeah. Tattoo wasn't yeah. one of his finer moments, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think of some of I mean like the full bug and uh is is uh is really tremendous in terms of like the the way he writes and the way he sings and the way they I always think that song and um I'm the one are like they they that's the Van Halen swagger right there.
1: I am the one and what was the other one?
2: Uh the full bug.
1: Oh yeah, From Diver yeah down. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's got that yeah. it's got that up tempo like we're the shit, we know it, and you can't touch us.
1: Yeah, man. I I I, I agree with that. I think cradle of rock is incredible romeo's delight man oh man. i
2: love that Rome, oh.
1: man there's just so many i wish justin was here he would he would have a million things to say but DoA, um, yeah dude oh man oh man dead or alive
0: dude yeah.
2: that's so good so good so good no that was good and then you guys did the Soundgarden cover which was awesome um and i mean again you know carrying the spirit of chris cornell too you guys did it such a good job on that too thank you impossible to recreate but yeah. thank you yeah.
1: <laughs> so cool um you know there's there's other covers that are already recorded um that are just in the chamber kind of waiting to be released so um it'll be cool one of them is really different it's a elvis cover that mm. we made sound like a grunge song so,
0: really?
1: yeah, dude, it's so, it's so weird, <laughs> but um, the song is great. Like, I think the song that we created is so cool because it's so grind, it's so 90s, and it's very catchy because the song was written very catchy, but it's totally different, totally different melody. M- music's not even close, and uh, I'm really excited to do that. And then we also did uh, like a punk rock version of Can't You See? So
2: that will be cool. <laughs> nice. Nice. Is this all going to come out this year?
1: That's that's the plan. That's the plan. There's so much original content because we're also going into the studio here in about a month to do another batch of songs. So um, we're very indecisive people. So who knows what songs will end up on, on what EP. But the plan is to release more songs this year than we've ever released uh, collectively.
2: Do you feel like your creativity is at an all-time high, I mean, you talk about all these batches of songs that you're creating and doing, and, you know, you had time, obviously, during the pandemic uh, to to sit and, and, you know, be creative. Do you feel like it was more now than it was before the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I I really do. And I, I feel like we were in L.A., we were at Sunset Sound, Living the dream and we were very creative then. And yet somehow, you know, like I'm really, you know, show you where I'm sitting right now. I'm literally just sitting in this little desk, you know, like just very humble little space. And I feel incredibly creative. Um, I feel very at peace, I guess, with uh, everything that's happened and what's led up to us being here. And it's that we'll, it's that we will see mentality you know no matter what happens just say we 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 will see you know even if something great happens you know holy crap we just got signed by a label like woo everything's great like you shouldn't really react like that you should well let's see cuz then pandemic happens well oh my god the pandemic is terrible look how horrible our life is well we'll see come out of the pandemic rock has you know has a huge resurgence you just never know you never know what's going to happen and um i i i feel very very inspired by everything around me so that's great especially the band the band has been kicking ass man these freaking these dudes play like nobody else so i'm, I'm very very fortunate
2: to be a part of it i can't wait uh till you guys make it up to chicago <laughs>
1: dude. and you'll be one of the first to know i promise
2: well me or my son because my you know we would love to you know have you guys come up here and and uh, see you guys because i mean the stuff i've seen on video on youtube just sounds absolutely amazing Thank you, man. Thank you.
1: Um, Yeah, we're we're pumped. We have a show in about a week now uh, in Newport, Kentucky, at the uh, Southgate House Revival, which will be. That's
2: cool. uh, that's the first place I took my son to see Butch Walker. It was at the Southgate House.
1: No way, yeah. dude! That's sick. That's yeah. so
2: so cool. That's such a that's <laughs> such a great venue. He had a soccer game in the morning, and I had his backpack, and we drove right to Kentucky after the after the soccer game, and. <laughs> and uh, and saw Butch Walker. It was awesome. That's
1: so cool, man. That's a cool venue. Oh my god, yeah, dude. It's like a it's the 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 church. Uh, it's it is an old church, but the stained glass and the beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful uh, reverb that's already in that room, and it sounds great. The PA, the sound guy there is phenomenal.
2: Trying to oh, you know who opened up for him? Um, was Loxley, a band from Wisconsin.
1: I don't know if I know that band.
2: Yeah, they were kind of like Beatles-esque. Um, I don't know if they're still around. Have you ever heard the American Family commercial with that song that I think the Blue Jackets use as their goal song? That's uh that's Loxley. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: I think if if the Blue Jackets still use that song, then then that's Loxley. Because I know American Family, they were headquartered in Wisconsin, so they had the connection with that. But then I think I think the Blue Jackets were using that for a couple, at least a couple of years for the, as their goal song.
1: I think the Blue Jackets might be using a new song soon. Hint, hit, nudge, nudge.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah, man. Once, when we get off, I'll share some cool stuff with you. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. I just can't say certain things. <laughs> no
2: worries, man. No worries. Well, Hey, that's a perfect place to end. And um as far as the conversation, love catching up with you, man. I know, A lot of people have been wondering what you guys are doing. And I actually think in in a roundabout way, when you get it, when you're a young band and you have people wanting your new music and craving it, how can you go wrong with that? Right? Dude,
1: it's so, it's so crazy. It's so, so crazy that people, people are so hungry for it. It's like, you know, just thank you. Thank you, everybody. Anyone that's listening. Thank you so, so much. It's, it means the world to us. It really does. You're, you're just, you're making a bunch of kids from the sticks, you know, have the best time ever. So uh, when we're 40 years old, singing these songs, you know, we'll be pointing right back at you still. So uh, th- thank you so much for having me on and follow us at South of Eden everywhere. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, man.
2: I will say this before we close Uh my co-host, when we do our quarterly album reviews, we do every three months, we do, we review all the good albums, all the great albums that released over the last three months. And then we do our end of year. At least three episodes, Chris, who's my co-host for those, goes, what's going on with South of Eden? South of Eden? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, where's the new album? And, and I'm like, I echo those sentiments. So it's, it's good to finally have some new South of Eden material. It's awesome to know more is coming. And, uh, man, I just hope this year is, uh, is, a, is a big year. For you guys you guys deserve it
1: thank you man i really appreciate it the best comment on what you just talked about so far has been man i have never seen so much promotion for an album in my whole life it's been a year a little over a year of promotion for this album it's just like you guys are really into dancing with fire <laughs> it's like man trust me it's it's coming we, we we're glad we waited Uh, we hope it was worth the wait and we we feel like it's going to be worth the wait especially with these next, next batch of songs coming out so thank you again for having me man thank you everybody for listening
2: All right, everyone that is Ehab from South of Eden check out the new song Lone Riders check out their the talk EP on streaming services everywhere and if you can find it you can look up their Black Coffee album is it Take One I think it was yep and, uh, you, I think you maybe will find a couple copies on Discogs. Um, but, uh, yeah. Check out the new song, Lone Riders. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Stay strong, stay safe, take care of each other. We'll talk again soon. Thanks.